Jesus. And Father, we pray that your words will be said this morning. Your deeds would be done. Father, your glory would be made manifest. Lord, you've given us a job to do in the earth. And Father, help us get this job done. Help us to do our chores. Help us to do, and Father, to find our place and minister our grace. And Father, that we may stand before you completed. Father, having done all that you've required of us. And Father, we never tire praying this prayer. Lord, even so, come, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Sunday. And First Sunday, for those of you that uh, came in after announcements, is a time when we have our, our kids up uh, to help us with worship, and also we, we partake of communion. And then we, of course, have fellowship after the service. And so it's always a, a joyous time, praise the Lord. And at this time, we're, we're going to partake of communion. Now, Jesus gave us two ordinances to follow as Christians. Uh, one, he gave us water baptism, and that was to be done after uh, we had a born-again experience. And it's something we just do once after we're saved. But also he gave us another ordinance, ordinance, which is communion, or the Lord's table. And this is something that you would do over and over again. But he didn't say how often. The only thing he said is, oft as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So he left it up to us how often we do this. And then we know that some churches, every service they have, they have communion. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, some reserve it just for special times like Christmas and Easter, and that, that's good as well. But uh, we at Family Church, we like to do it uh, once a month, and that way we don't do it every service, and that way it just doesn't become a tag on to the service. And uh, we don't want to go too long in, in doing it. And so it just seems good to us to do it once a month. Now, uh, again, this is a holy, sacred time because we're observing something Jesus told us to do. And there's, there's power in observing uh, the Lord's table. Uh, we're going to be passing out shortly the bread. That bread represents the body of Christ, that Jesus' body was broken. And Jesus wants us to be put in remembrance of that, that, uh, that Jesus' body was broken, that our body may be whole, that we can live long, healthy, and strong, not sick a day in our life. And then, of course, the juice represents the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And without the shedding blood, there is no remission of sin. We, we couldn't be saved. We couldn't be redeemed without that blood. Not only does that blood cleanse us from iniquity and sin, but it protects us. We see this um, as Israel departed out of Egypt, that uh, the sacrificial lamb, they would take the blood of the lamb and put on the doorpost and the lintel, and uh, that protected them from the death angel. And uh, so there, there's power in the blood, applying the blood that keeps us and protects us. And so Jesus wants us to be put in remembrance of these things. And so as we partake, let's not forget all of his benefits and let's apply faith to them. And so at this time, we're going to ask our servers to come forward. Now, for those of you that are newer with us, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to actually serve you in your seats. And uh, when the elements come uh, by, we invite you to take a piece of bread and hold a cup and we'll partake together. Now, if you're here and, and this is new to you or you don't understand it or maybe you just don't want to partake of it, that's fine too. Just let our servers know, nod your head, and we'll pass you by, no questions asked. And again, once you receive those elements, I just hold on to it and make it a personal time between you and the Lord until we partake together.
1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. it reads, these are the words of Apostle Paul. He said that I received the Lord that also which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I invite you to take the bread. I like to break it, but I also like to crush it because his body was crushed. And let's eat. Father, thank you for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. His body was broken that our body may be whole. We right now receive health, life, and strength in Jesus' name. And continuing reading in verse 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. After the same manner he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. I invite you to drink of the juice. Lord, thank you for the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that we're cleansed from all unrighteousness. We're protected from the evil works of the enemy. And Father, we're kept by the power of God to the day of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you that we're going to get this job done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, for those of you that took uh, communion, we invite you to pass your cups to the center aisle, and our ushers will be around to pick them up. And uh, once the cups have been uh, picked up, the kids can go ahead and be dismissed to their program. It isn't always fun to watch the kids. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. I missed you last week. I was up, I was out in the country ministering. I always like to say it that way. I mean, you know, the people think, oh, you were in Asia, Africa, Australia. Yeah, I was north of the border. I was in Canada, but still out of the country, nevertheless. Yes, and so I am out of the country, and it was good. It's been about three years since I was able to minister up there, and it was good to be back. But like the words of Dorothy, there's no place like home. And so it's good to be with you here this morning. And uh, we've been on a series that I've entitled Being Led by the Spirit of God. And we're going to endeavor to conclude uh, this series. Not that we've exhausted it. Uh, and we just did a little scratch and sniff of it. Uh, just a general overview, just to give us enough to be pointing in the right direction. But um, I will be uh, ministering in California, you know, in the Bible school. Uh, so again, suffering for Jesus. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. But how many you know today is... This is California weather in January. Yeah, praise the Lord. And so know this, whether you do anything or not for Jesus, you came to church in the wintertime, anytime you get a crown. You know, because folks in California, they don't get crowns. They don't suffer <laughs> like we suffer. You know, not seeing the sun for six weeks and being at, you know, 10 degrees outside and going outside to go to church. And so... Uh, we, we get rewards that other parts of nations do not. So don't, don't get weary in well-doing, praise the Lord. And so, but um, this morning, if you have your Bibles, First John, uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do a quick review because we have newer people with us all the time. And then we're going to tie, tie up some loose ends and just kind of bring it to a completion. If the Lord will help me with that and you'll help me with that. And so... Let's do a little review, and we're just going to refer to the overhead screen, so who's back there, just be ready to have those scriptures. Uh, we, we took as a golden text, Psalm 32, 8, where it says this, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. And those are the words of God, and God says that I will instruct you, I will teach you, 
I'll show you the way to go. And so we don't need to wonder if God's going to help us and guide us and direct us in the areas of our life. God says, I will. There's no stronger assertion in the English language as I will or shall. And so God is certainly going to follow his end of the promise. He will do this. But what is important for us is to understand how is God going to do this. And we're looking at how God leads Christians today. And so we find that in the New Testament, in the book of Romans chapter 8. And again, a quick review for those of you that have not been with us and those of you that uh, have just tuned in. In Romans 8, 14 through 16, it says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself or himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So verse 14 tells us how, how God leads us. He leads us by his spirit. And so when God says, I will instruct you and teach you, he's going to do it by the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of us. And uh, if he would just left it there, we would have to figure out, well, how exactly is he going to lead us? How is he going to guide us? Are we going to get a text? Are we going to get an email? How, how, how is this done? Well, verse 16 tells us exactly how that guidance will take place. It says this, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so if God's going to lead us and guide us, he's going to do it by his spirit, and his spirit resides in our spirit, and he's going to bear witness with our spirit or with our heart. And so if God's going to direct us, what he's going to do is pick up the phone of our spirit, how our spirit communicates to us in order to get a message to us. And we saw that the voice of our spirit or our heart is conscience. And we, we all know what that is, especially if you've been born again. Uh, after you've been born again, maybe you, you said something wrong or did something wrong. And something down on the inside, your belly area, uh, that's where Jesus said the Holy Ghost reside. That's the center of your being, your spirit, your heart. That down there, you, you felt a check. You felt a nudge. You, you just knew you said something wrong or you did something wrong. Well, that's the voice of your spirit communicating to you. And so if God's going to lead us and guide us, he, he's not going to talk to our mind. He's not going to talk to our body. He's going to talk to our spirit. He's going to pick up the phone of our spirit. He's going to use our conscience to talk to us. Now, this is very, very important. We call this, this uh, the inward witness because he bears witness. Where is it? He's going to bear witness in our spirit. So it's the inward witness. And we have to understand that is the number one way God's going to lead us and guide us and direct us. And how often are we looking to other means? And we've heard the, the phrase, I'm waiting for the handwriting on the wall. I, I, I'm waiting for this door to open or this door to shut uh, in order to discern God's will in my life. Well, that's not how God's going to lead us and guide us. The Spirit of God's going to bear witness on the inside. And uh, it's so important to know that because if we're looking to some other avenue, we're going to miss the direction of God. And I can honestly say that about 95% of the way God leads me and guides me is through that inward witness. Now, thank God for the other 5%. I've had visions, dreams, I've had visitations, I've had Jesus appear to me, you know, but those are only in the 5%. And if I was just looking for that, waiting for uh, some visual confirmation or some audible voice, I would miss out on 95% of God's dealings in my life. And so it, we, we need to be very uh, skillful in listening to our heart and really tune into our heart to be God-inside-minded because that's how God's going to lead us and guide us in our life. And so that same spirit that corrects us will direct us if we'll listen to it. And that's why it's so important to have a tender conscience. That whenever uh, your, your spirit is talking to you, acknowledge it and, and obey that. Whenever maybe you're, you're about to look at something you shouldn't and something down here says don't look at that. 
that you, you need, hey, my spirit is talking, my conscience is talking, the Holy Ghost is talking, and I'm going to listen to that, I'm going to heed that. And the more uh, you do that, the sharper and clearer that witness will become. And you can actually develop your heart that in the affairs of life, you can almost know instantly many things. You, you don't even need to pray about. You'll, you'll just know by that inward witness which way to go, what to do, and what not to do. And so it's important that we, we follow uh, these leadings. And, uh, you know, too many times uh, we look for the spectacular, but we miss the supernatural. You know, that, that being led by God is, is supernatural. And he's going to teach us and guide us, but he's going to do it his way, not the way we think he ought to do it. And we, we said this, and I, I want to look at this once again in 1 Timothy 1.19. Again, we'll use the overhead screens just because we're doing review. We have newer people with us. Here the Bible says, holding faith and a good conscience, which have, some have put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Now here it says that we as Christians need to hold on to faith. And we're a faith church. We believe in faith. We know faith is the avenue that we receive from God. That all the promises of God are yes and amen. And how do we get the promises in this book into our lives? We lay hold on them by faith. We latch on to them by faith. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And so we, we understand the, the hold of faith and the importance of faith. But here Paul, by the Holy Ghost, tells us another important component with our faith. And he said this, holding faith and holding on to a good conscience. And so it's a two-handed grip, so to speak. Whenever we're believing the promise of God, we ought to latch on to him by faith. But also we need to be following our conscience or the voice of our spirit or how the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. Now, notice what he says. If we just hold on to faith and not to our conscience, not to that inward witness, notice what will happen. It says this, which some have put away concerning faith. What is it talking about? Have let go of conscience, didn't follow their heart concerning their faith, uh, that they have made shipwreck. And we know what shipwreck is. is if you're going to go on a, a cruise ship and you were going to go to the Bahamas, and if you get shipwrecked, that means you never get there. And here it's saying that it is possible to, to lay hold on the promises of God by faith and never get there because you don't lay hold on your conscience as well. Now, we tie this in because we understand that the Holy Spirit will, will use your conscience to lead you and guide you and direct you. And so uh, very often we'll be believing for something, believing for something, confessing for something, and yet the Spirit of God will, will bear witness and tell you something else you need to do or something else you need to apply. But if we don't listen to that, we'll, we'll, we'll never, never get to our destination. I used the illustration when I was a young believer, 19, all my life I had what was called hay fever or allergies. And I got in the Word, and I saw the Word of God that says, By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I, I saw that Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. I saw I don't need to be sick a day in my life. I'm redeemed from allergies. I'm redeemed from hay fever. And man, I laid hold on that faith. I got in the Word, and I grabbed it with my faith. But I'd go outside, you know, mow the grass. I, I'd go outside, and especially bad pollen days and I tell you my my face would swell up I would sneeze I would hack I would cough and at the end of the day my voice would be yeah I can barely talk because I, I was so swelled up and I would say I, I, I heal you know <laughs> I, 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 I didn't let go of my faith but I certainly was being shipwrecked I, I, I wasn't receiving healing but at about the same time I was believing my spirit my conscience would, would talk to me whenever I would eat sugar now when I say sugar it means sweets anything that you know that tastes good like that and uh, you know I, I would go you know and we, we just grew up every meal you had you always had to have a treat with it or you didn't have a complete meal and uh, you know every time I go eat the sugar and all of a sudden I get a check 
You know, after a few times, I begin to notice a track record, and I said to the Lord, you know, the Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lead not to your own understanding. I said, Lord, are you dealing with me not to eat sugar? Now, it, w it was very difficult. To, you know, someone, they say, folks, they're uh, addicted to sweets and sugar. It has a stronger addiction than cocaine has. Now, I don't recommend you get addicted to cocaine to figure it out and see which one is stronger. But they just said that. And so it wasn't, wasn't a fun, easy ride. But I noticed once I obeyed God in that after a few weeks, I noticed my, my, all my allergies, all, all my hay fever disappeared. I, I, I could, in the worst pollen days, I can go outside and, and be free. And again, see, what I was doing is I was holding on to faith and not with conscience. But once I started listening to my conscience, I got to my destination, which was health and healing. And this applies to so many areas of our life. Listening on the inside. Uh, John 16, 13. Again, review. And then we're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up. It says this. Howbeit when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come... Notice what he's going to do. He's going to guide you into all truth. Now, how is he going to guide you? The number one way he's going to guide you is by the inward witness. For he not speak himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. And so the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to guide you, to lead you and guide you. And again, he's going to do it through the inward witness. And notice this. He's going to guide you into all truth. Now, what is truth? Jesus already told us what truth is. Thy word is truth. All the promises of God is truth. Again, back to the hay fever. You know, when I had the hay fever analogies, the, the truth was, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Yeah, I'm redeemed from the curse. But what he did, the Holy Spirit did, he guided me into that truth of how to apply it in my life. You know, we, we all have different bodies. And what the Holy Spirit may guide me into, he may not guide you into. You know, especially in the area of just physical health and healing. You know, a lot of my believing God for health and healing has always been adjustments on my diet and my habits. The majority of them. Yeah, that's getting quiet in this Presbyterian convention here. You know, sugar. Oh, I can't do out with my precious, my precious sugar. You know, my precious, my precious. Well, again, he may not lead you to do that. And you shouldn't follow another man's lead. We all have our own individual GPSs on the inside. The Holy Ghost. You know, we have different bodies, different, different uh, chemical makeup. And so... Just in my life, sugar is not my friend, you know, and so I have to visit them from time to time in jail and, you know, <laughs> you know, and visit them and then bye-bye for a while and then, then come visit them again. But I can't, I can't be kumbaya with sugar in order to be healthy and strong, you know. You know, and there are some other things in, in my life. And, you know, when I say this next one, uh, people will leave the building. Ministers would leave the building or at least fall down and convulse. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. The Lord dealt with me about drinking coffee. I, I was a heavy coffee drinker. And then, but I had symptoms in my body. And I was believing God, laying hold on faith. And the Holy Ghost would say, stop drinking coffee. But my precious, my precious, I pray with coffee. I read the Bible with coffee. Coffee is my friend. You know, but when I, I tapered off of that, you know what? All, all those things that were affecting my body wrong no, are no longer an issue. And I believe this is an important side to it because all the promises of God are yes and amen. And uh, many times we lay hold on faith with them, but, but we're not listening to our heart. We're not listening to conscience. And the Bible says we, we can get shipwrecked concerning that. And so, uh, you know, this is true about divine protection. We, we know what the word says. The truth of God says, no evil shall befall me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling. He's given his angels charge over me. 
keep me in all my ways. Are, are we to claim those? Oh, absolutely. Are we to say it over our, our lives and our loved ones? Absolutely. It's, we lay hold by faith. We're not minimizing faith. That's the first thing we grab onto is faith. But right along with faith, we need to be holding on to a good conscience. I mean, following the inward witness. Because very often, the direction in our spirit is our protection. And this answers a lot of questions why Christians get in accidents and bad things happen to them. And, and they pray. And they say, well, I believe in God to be safe, but this happened. Why is it they laid hold on faith, but they don't listen on the inside? I, I made mention when I, I talked along these lines, uh, back when we were in the Lakeview Avenue building, I think back when the ministry called Bible Christian Fellowship, there was a young lady. After I talked about the importance of listening to your heart, listening to your spirit, uh, she came to me after the service. Pastor, can I speak to you? I said, sure. And she had been in five major car accidents. She, she was just lucky to be alive. And uh, she said this, you know, this, you know, I've always questioned God because, you know, I prayed before I, I went. You know, I, I, I asked God to protect me and it seemed like he didn't listen to me. And uh, I've always wondered, you know, uh, about why did I have these accidents? But after hearing you teach, I realized every single time before I got in that vehicle, Something you told me not to go or to, to, to wait a little while. But I, I just figured, well, I prayed, and therefore I must be protected and got an accident. And see, God's protection was in the form of direction. And that has happened to me several, several times in a car. And that's why you can ask my wife, I don't like to be chitter-chattering in the car. I like to be in tune with my spirit because when I'm listening to my spirit, I know ahead of time what's going to happen. Many times, I, I'll listen on the inside, I'll know that car is going to go right through that stop sign. Now, you say, well, you're a prophet, you're this. No, no, I just learned to develop my spirit since I was 19 years old. Learned to develop and learned to listen. These things happened years ago. When I, I, I was 19, I didn't know anything about any ministry offices. I simply learned to follow the guidance on the inside. And I also gave you illustrations. And for those of you who are newer, uh, look at the archives. How I got sick on peanut butter. Why? I didn't listen to my conscience. God was trying to protect me from spoiled peanut butter, but I didn't listen. I also uh, told you the time when I went to go help my dad. And uh, the, my spirits said, don't help your dad. And I, I leaned to my own understanding. I didn't listen to my heart. And and uh, something happened, and a spring kicked up, and hit me in the head, and I had eight stitches and had to go to the emergency room. See, God was trying to protect me, lead me into his promises. You know, I believe God to be kept safe and by the power of God, but his protection came in the form of direction. And it wasn't a voice, it wasn't an email, it wasn't handwriting wall, there wasn't a visitation, simply on the inside. Something tell me, don't do this. Don't go there. And so that's why it's so important that we listen on the inside. And notice all areas of our life, all truth, finances. You know, God will supply all our needs. We, we know the Bible says God wants to richly bless us and make us rich. But the Holy Ghost will lead you to that supply. And a lot of times we, we figure it out in our heads or do what we think is good and we, we claim the promises of God, but we're not listening on the inside. You study the miracles of Jesus, the key to miracles is listening to God. You know, when, when Jesus and Peter needed tax money, you know, they, the disciples could have said, well, we could sell something, we can go do something. You know what Jesus said? He said, go, go fishing. Go, go put out a hook, and the first fish you catch, look in its mouth, and there's going to be money, pay the taxes. What, what if Peter would have stayed home and said, I believe God, all my needs are supplied according to his riches and glory. I believe God. He, he would have laid hold on faith, but never would have got that coin unless he listened to the direction of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, I wish we had time. I could take you stories of stories of, of where I missed it. And uh, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Whenever I violated, it seemed good in my head to buy something or invest in something. But when the Spirit said no and my head won, it, it was sorrowful. 
but bless God when, when things, when on paper it didn't seem like it would work out, I don't think I can do that, but my spirit says go ahead and do that. It worked out every single time. I, I'm talking about uh, houses, I'm talking about investments and, and so forth. Brother Hagen had a, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, my spiritual father, had a board member that listening to uh, about how to train your spirit, listen to your spirit, he would listen to that tape over and over again. He began to apply the principle of following that inward witness. He took $50, that's all he had to his name, and turned it to over $100 million. Imagine that, that return, and never losing a cent, simply by listening on the inside. And you know what? God is no respecter of persons. You, you know, I'll be bold to say every one of you could be a millionaire if you want to. You got 50 bucks? If not, if you would take it seriously, I will give you 50 bucks. And if you will endeavor to follow your spirit and invest it, I, I will start you off that way. See, God knows where, where the resources are. God knows the stocks. He, he knows the sale. And if Jesus told Brother Hagen, if my people will learn to listen to my spirit, I'll make them rich. Yeah. Well, the reason we're struggling is because, well, I'm home, believe in God, believe in God, believe in God, believe in God. But you have the guide on the inside that will lead you and guide you in all these things. So this affects all areas of our life. So again, we're wrapping up some loose ends and putting remembrance. Now, the last little area I want to talk about, I want to talk about relationships. Oh my, we've gone where angels dare to tread. You know, someone once said that, uh, you know, when Jesus, when he, when he was in the boat and the storm came, he, he stood up and rebuked the wind and waves and said, peace, be still. And the word of God says there's a great calm. And he says, if you ever want a great calm in the people, talk about tithing, giving, uh, children in relationships, and everyone gets quiet. <laughs> Yay. But I did tell you to turn to 1 John. So let's look there. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you not that any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie. Even as he has taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, what is the anointing? The anointing is the Holy Ghost. Where's the Holy Ghost? He's on the inside of you. He's in your spirit. That unction, that anointing, is the spirit of God leading and guiding you and directing you. And notice that it'll teach you all things. It'll lead you into all truth. And I love this as truth is no lie. The Holy Spirit, I, I've been... I've been in ministry over 35 years and serving God longer. The Holy Spirit has never led me wrong by the inward witness in 35 years. I can honestly say he is truth and, and not a lie. Every time I violated, I've gotten hurt. Every time I followed, I got blessed. And notice, he teaches you all things in all areas of your life. You know, and relationships are a big part of our life. Even when God made man... He said to man, it's not good for man to be alone. He ain't going to make it. You've got to make a wife for him. And so we, we all, you know, if we walk on this earth, we'll have relationships. Uh, one study said this, that even the most introverted person will affect the lives of 10,000 people in their lifetime just by their interaction. It may be a brief one in the store or whatever, but it can affect the lives of 10,000 people. And one of the greatest blessings in life is a good relationship, a healthy relationship. One of the most challenging and difficult things in life is having a troubled relationship. Now, I'm not just talking about marriage, but of course it does apply to marriage. You know, this could be between friends, uh, brother and sister, boss and employee, you know, any, any type of relationship. Now, the same spirit that will guide us in all truth, he'll guide us in health, healing, he'll guide us in provision, he'll guide us in, in prosperity. Um, he will lead us and guide us in the area of our relationships. Now, I know it's got quiet already. 
he'll teach you all things. He'll teach you how to, to be a, a good husband. He'll teach you how to be a good wife. He'll teach you how to be a good mother, a good father, a good brother, a good sister, a good church member, a good employer, a good employee, uh, if you'll listen to him. All right. Now it's gotten quiet. Now as a general rule of thumb, the first area that the Holy Spirit will lead you in the area of relationships is in the love walk. <sighs> Better get the hanky out. I see we're, we're going to be treading, treading here. First Thessalonians 4, 9, would you put that on the overhead screen, please? As touching brotherly love, I need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Notice the Thessalonians says you're taught of God. How does God teach you? By that unction, by the inward witness. What will that inward witness? To teach you how to walk in love. You imagine that, the Holy Spirit actually helping you to walk in love. You know, there, there ought to be a commandment somewhere. You ought to, like, love one another, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. You know, someone ought to put that in the Bible. So imagine the Holy Ghost going rogue and actually teaching people to walk in this love. It, it, it's really, he's teaching you how to obey God. So the Holy Spirit will lead you into love walk with your husband will lead you in the love walk with your wife, your children, your parents. Yes, even your mother-in-law. Yes. And he will always lead you, if you'll listen to him, to walk in love. Again, how? On the inside. You'll bear witness. If you'll listen to him, he'll say, don't say that. Don't do that. Don't respond to that. You know, if you will listen to him. 2 Corinthians 5.14. Put that on the overhead screen. Now notice this. The Holy Spirit will guide us, teach us to walk in love. And I love this. It says this, for the love of Christ, what constraineth us? You know what constrain means? To rest. Uh, a, a robber, a burglar, if, if the police constrain them, that means they, they, they grab them and, and contain them and, and, and lock them away. That way they can't do bad things. You know what the Holy Ghost is going to do? He's going to contain you in love. He's going to constrain you in love. How's that? That, uh, don't say that. He's... He, he's, he's trying to constrain you from walking in sin and sowing to the flesh. Now, for those of you that are married, and those of you who want to be married, please listen, because if you're not married yet, you don't know anything yet. Because the true test, because you, you understand, when you're single and by yourself, you can have all the baggage in the world and no one knows it. When you get married, it all gets exposed and you got to deal with it. All right? So, for those of you married, have you ever had a time of intense fellowship? Yes, and you can apply this to any, any relationship. Yeah. Now, if you're married and never had a time of intense fellowship, you're a liar or you just got married three seconds ago. Because <laughs> you cannot be close without conflict. All right? And you know this. Something that pushes buttons and pulls levers and the friction is up. All right? There's many voices speaking to you. Your flesh, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Your head, they always do that. They always do this. Yeah, they're wrong. They hurt you. And I mean, that, I mean, and it seems like an anointing comes on, and there is anointing comes on of how to get even, how to accuse. And we know that's the voice of Satan. And it's amazing how many Christians actually fellowship with Satan in arguments and listen and say word for word what he suggests. Yeah. And the Bible says when you sow to the flesh or sow to Satan, you reap corruption. You ever notice whenever you listen to that voice in your head and your flesh, it doesn't come to a peaceful resolution of your problems? Yeah. It's like pouring gasoline on it. Yeah. Boom! Exactly. You may feel good for a second and got your jab in, 
but now you have this big fire and you hurt people. And so the number one way the Holy Ghost is going to help you, constrain you, is when you have times fellowship, if you listen on the inside, you're ready to say something. You'll get a check in your spirit. But how few Christians listen to that check? Because it feels much gooder to listen to your flesh. Much more agreeable to listen to the mind, the voice of Satan. But what the Holy Spirit will do is he'll constrain you. That's why the Bible says, let every man be swift to hear, soul to speak, soul to wrath. We, we got that record on the wrong side. We're quick to wrath, quick to speak, and uh, we, we're not very quiet about it. And so the Holy Ghost will, will lead you how to walk in love towards people. You know, I have a very strong, naturally, a very strong personality. You know, I, I inherited from my, oh, she's in heaven now. I can say my mother. You know, my mother, dear God, being chloric. How many chlorics? You know what a chloric is? God help you if you're chloric. You know, chloric is a, a bull in a china shop. Black is black, white is white, get in, get out, or get run over by me. You know, it's been my cross to bear because it's not very Christ-like. And one thing, you can never blame your personality for an exemption of the word. No matter what personality you are, you, you have to obey the word. And so, so with, with these things, there's a lot of fasting and praying to keep, keep my, my personality in check. And so almost daily, because a black is black, white is white, my leader personality, my, my type A personality... Almost daily, I get constrained not to say that, not to do that. How? Not a voice, a check. And you know, when I listen to that, the Bible says when you sow to the Spirit, you reap of the Spirit life and peace. And now so I come to a place where I try not to say anything else much at all than life. Why? The Bible says he that says a whole lot sins a whole lot, the book of Proverbs. And so we, we do a lot of sinning with what we say and what we do and how we act and react to situations. But the Holy Ghost wants to help you be Christ-like. And uh, he will do it, first of all, by constraining you not to say certain things. And, you know, that, that makes Jesus Lord of your life, not to say certain things. No matter how justified you feel your words are. No matter how hurt you may feel. You know, the hurts are the voice of your flesh and your emotion, not the voice of your spirit. And so, we must learn to listen on the inside uh, of being sweet and kind. You know, I, I fellowship with ministers a lot. And ministers, they like to talk. Sometimes they like to talk about subjects, and sometimes they like to talk about people. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I'll be sitting there, and I'll, I'll want to say something, and I get checked, don't say that. See, it doesn't want me partaking in another man's sin. You know, maybe, you know, maybe me saying it makes me look spiritual, or I know something, but, you know, see, if you repeat something, it's tantamount of you being the offender of that. Uh, Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen was pastoring, and he was an Assembly of God pastor at the time, and they had a, a, a convention at his church where other churches came in and joined. And the superintendent was berating a minister that had fallen and just didn't call his name but said, you know, preached him to hell. And afterwards, one of his members came to him and says, you know, the, the superintendent was talking about these issues. Was he referring to so-and-so? And Brother Hagin said, yes. Was he right? And Brother Hagin said, yes. You know, that this has happened and so forth. And, uh, you know, he did wrong. And so Brother Hagin went, went home and said his night prayers. Uh, and he said this, you know, for those of you that remember this, I would, lived in a house where some of the, we didn't have light switches. You had, you had a light bulb hanging from the the ceiling and you pulled the clicker you know so to speak and so he had one of those and so he turned off the light and it was supposed to be complete black and it was complete black and got his knee all of a sudden the room became brighter 
the new day sun. And a voice spoke to him, who art thou to judge another man's servant? And he said, Lord, I didn't judge your servant. And the Lord said again audibly, who art thou to judge another man's servant? And brother said again, I didn't judge your servant. And then the Holy Ghost said, didn't you say so and so, such and such about so and so? And so Brother Hagin said, no, no, I was just repeating what the, the superintendent said. And the Holy Ghost said, when you repeated it, it was tantamount of you saying it. See, that's why you don't repeat gossip. See, you can get judged by the words of your mouth. And so, keeping a tender conscience will, will help you in your relationship. It, it, it'll help you raising kids dealing with your kids it'll help you you know when, when things don't seem to be working right you, you learn on the inside because he, he will teach you all things in his truth and is no lie and so you need to listen if you're having trouble with so so listen on the inside and he'll lead you how to resolve that and uh <laughs> lester sumrall tells a story that he was preaching in a certain church and there was a deacon that didn't like him just didn't like him and Wanda you know was insisting pastor close the meetings down and and brother Sumrall heard about this and his younger he was Irish you know an Irish fighter you just wanted to clock him you know before you sanctified and you know what the Holy Ghost said to him go give him a hug and a kiss and, and unless you know, I'd rather die than give him a hug and a kiss <laughs> but, but, you know, and the Lord kept dealing with them, and he was against his ministry. And so he, he went over and hugged him, and the guy was like, do this, and kissed him. He says, you know, I, I love and appreciate you. And, oh, yeah, and he said, also tell him you love him. And the guy was like this. And Lester said, thank God that's over. I'm never going to do that again. And next service, said, do it again. No, yeah. And so he hugged him and kissed him, and I love and appreciate you. And he wasn't as stiff as next time. He did it about three or four times. Then, then that man broke. And that same man that was against Lester Sermel began to say, Pastor, we, we need to go on for weeks and weeks. This is the best preaching we've ever had. See, love never fails. You know, and uh, when you walk in love, the reason we have so many relationship problems is we're, we're, we're not walking in love. And the beautiful thing, you don't need to try to figure people out. What your job is just to follow the, the guide on the inside. He will lead you. He will guide you and direct you. That's why it, it pays to be very sensitive to him. You know, in, in this area of relationships, there, there's so many things. You know, my time is slipping away. The Holy Ghost, the, you know, there, there are some people that are good for you, some people aren't good for you. It's not that they're bad and evil, they're just not a good mix. And, and the Holy Ghost will, will, will lead you into to right friends and friendships. And he also will, will lead you, they're, 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 they're not a good fit for you. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. I, I remember, even as a minister, I remember back when we were in Lakeview, building and uh, I remember I was just standing here and I don't know if I was preaching or whatever and uh, a young man came in uh, I think he was maybe I was a young man back then he was probably a year or two older than I was never met him before in my life and the word of the Lord came unto me he's unstable as water he shall never excel and I never met him well he started coming and being part of the church and wanted to be trained for ministry and of course me you know, being as gullible as I was, anybody that wanted to learn anything, I'll try to teach them. And over years and years, trying to help him and try to train them was a big waste of my life and time. You know, trying to, 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 to guide him and to help him think right and so forth, uh, it, it really it, it was a waste. And the Holy Ghost was trying to warn me to avoid that. But, you know, I, I didn't listen to that, and I wasted a lot of time. You know, a lot of people waste a lot of time in relationships that the Holy Ghost said let go of. See, you know, in the world we say if the horse is dead, what? Dismount. 
And a lot of times people are trying to resurrect. Pastor, pray. Pray that my horse will live. No, it's time to let go of that horse. Especially young folk. You know, oh, he's so cute. He's got three hairs on his chest. And he goes to church and he says he's a Christian. Oh, he's so cute. He's so cute. He's so cute. The Holy Ghost will let you know how cute he is. Or a guy, oh, I like the way she walks. I like the way she talks. You know, someone ought to write a song about that. And, uh, you know, and just, whoo, goes to church. That's got to be it. The Holy Ghost knows it's or not. It'll guide you. Because, you know, we, we look at outward things, but God looks on the inside. And someone may be perfectly a good person, but that person may not be good for you. See, the blessing Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk to you young folk and you older folks, if you listen. And this applies to all areas of your life. Uh, a lot of young folks get in, get in trouble because they make decisions in their mind and their flesh about members of the opposite sex. Now, if you like the members of the same sex, that's a whole different thing. We're talking deliverance there, but we're talking about Bible natural here. All right? You shouldn't say that. Oh, I said. Well, well, let's make it illegal. I'll still say because it it's in the Bible. That's why this generation is confused because no one is telling them the truth. And they don't know the truth. They can't make them free. And so young people are infatuated by looks and by thoughts and, and, and assumptions. But the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he has no sorrow with it. And you've got to make Jesus Lord and be willing to listen to him about relationships, especially dating, especially picking a spouse. Um, I didn't get married until I was 30 years old. Now, why is that? The Holy Ghost didn't allow me to be married before then because he was the Lord of my life. There were some young ladies that showed interest in me. I, I was interested, and every time I would try to pursue that, I'd get a check. In my spirit, that same spirit that corrects us will direct us. And I know I can't pursue that. I, I remember even crying. I said, Lord, are you going to make me celibate? I don't think I have that gift. You know, because every single time. I mean, and all that time I only dated one girl just for a short time. And, uh, but we both realized, you know, we're both spiritual people, liked each other and so forth. But... We, we both realized what was in our heart, two different things. And we said, well, we're, we're just not for each other. And we never experienced the grief, the hurt, and the sorrow that so many experience. The blessing the Lord makes what? Rich and adds no sorrow with it. A lot of our sorrow is because of our lack of obedience. Maybe I ought to say that again. A lot of our sorrow is our lack of obedience. Because Jesus is not Lord. We, we can make him Lord over our money, but we don't make him Lord of our lives and our relationships. And see, you're, you're, the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you and direct you. And I, I wanted to get married when I was 21. But I was not permitted to get married until I was 30. And there's a lot of uh, gals came my way, but every single one, the Lord said, nope, nope. Nope. And he led me to the right one. And see, the blessing the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. It's called Jesus being Lord. I see this is going over very, very well. And, and it will help you young folks. Because God loves you. And uh, how, how many people that, that experience trouble and hurts in life because that decision was not made in the lordship of Jesus. Or maybe it was made before you were born again. And, you know, things could have been different. Now, get, know this. If you got married before you're born again uh, and you're continuing to marry, don't be looking for an outlet. No, no. You, that's where you apply the love of God. That's where the believing wife sanctified the unbelieving husband. And the, un, the unbe, unbelieving husband sanctified by the believing wife, you know. And so that's where your faith works and God, God will, that will give you a good practice ground for, for exercising the love of God. Well, it's awfully quiet here. <laughs>
but it, it, it'll make your house full of peace. It'll make your relationships full of peace. Is following the inside. Now, again, it takes two to tango. You may be doing the right thing, and, and your partner chooses to do the wrong things. You, the, you, you have to know this. You're only responsible for yourself. Only responsible for yourself. And the Holy Ghost loves you for you, regardless of what someone else does. But you've got to follow what he says to do. Okay. And um, also know this. Trying to fix another person is trying to do dental work without an overcane. All right. I, I, I finally found, after 50 years, a great dentist. I have 50 years of horrible dentists with bad memories. I finally found a good one. But, um, you know, when, when you get a, you know, I have had no cavities in 30 some years. That's because I don't want one because I don't want to have them drill in my mouth. But now I have a great dentist. I says, go ahead, drill me. It's really nice and easy. But I've had some fillings replaced. You know what they do? They, they put Novocaine. And then, then they start to work. You know, you don't feel it. You know, wow, this is cool. Wow. You know, I actually told him, give me another shot. That feels, wow. So this is, wow, you're, you're doing that and I'm not feeling a thing. See, trying to fix your spouse is like doing dental work without Novocaine. It's bloody and it's painful. And number three, you're not qualified. See, I'm not, how, how many would volunteer for me to do dental work on you? You'd be half crazy. Because I wouldn't know what I'm doing. See, the Holy Ghost knows uh, your partner. Knows your, you're, you're not qualified. That's why you, you have to, and this would be a great song someone ought to sing. Let it go, let it go, you know, and just realize I have to obey God for myself. I'm responsible to follow the inward witness whether anyone else does or not. And the Holy Ghost will lead you. And you don't need to figure out the outcome. You don't need to figure out what to do or what not to do. You don't need to figure out what's going to happen here. Your job is just simply to listen on the inside. He will lead you and guide you and direct you into all truth. In the area of relationships. You know, there shouldn't be any area of your life that the Holy Ghost can't get in your stuff. Get in your stuff. That he's got to be Lord of everything. Why? Because if he'll lead you, he'll bless you. Now, real close, real, in closing, how, how do you develop a real strong spirit? There's three steps. Number one, meditate on the word of God. See, if you don't eat physically, eventually your physical body becomes weak. Same thing, the word of God is food for your spirit. Feed, meditate on the word of God. It builds strength in your spirit. Number two, pray lots in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in tongues, your spirit prayeth, your heart prayeth. And it, the Bible says in Jude uh, verse 20, you build up your spirit. Your, your spirit becomes strong through praying in the Holy Ghost. And three, instantly obey the voice of the Spirit no matter how minute it is. No matter how minute it is. There, there's been times, now God deals you, with you differently, you know, based on who you are. There's times that I, I'm about to do something, go somewhere, he said, don't do that. And I'm thinking, well, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and you know, and I asked Larry, he said, I just want you to always be willing to obey me no matter what I say. Now, again, he's more of a soldier because I'm a minister. He may not deal with you that severely. But he, he wants me to be able to, to obey him and not to ask questions. And every single area of my life. So obey those promptings. When you shop, when, when you're, you're, you're in intense fellowship, obey, obey those tempting. And when you miss it, repent and say, Lord, I missed it. I didn't listen to my spirit. Forgive me. And Lord, help me to do better. Where you helped this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful and thankful for all of your blessings and benefits. And Lord, we thank you for the unction on the inside, the blessed Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and our guide. And Lord, help us be God inside-minded. 
Help us to always obey. Strengthen each one of us to, to obedience, to follow you in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning we talked about and finished up being led by the Spirit of God. The primary where God will bear witness is bearing witness with our spirit. He'll talk, he'll use our conscience. And that's why it's important to have a tender conscience before God. And if you're here this morning and you've never been born again, right now the Spirit of God will knock on your heart. He, he will bear witness with your spirits, not in the head. Your head will say, no, I'm good. I go to church. I'm a good moral person. No, in your heart, in your belly area, he will bear witness. That, that is Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, not your physical heart, your spiritual heart, your spirit man, which is in your belly area. And it's not so much words, but a knowing I need to do that. That's how real Christianity is. No other re religion is based on a relationship with God. And God invites you to become part of his family. But he won't force himself in your life. You have to invite him in. So with that bowed and eyes closed, Christian in attitude prayer. Is there anybody here this morning you've never been born again? I know we're mostly home folk, but we want to make sure we have people watching all over the world. And if you've never been born again, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand right now. If you're here, go ahead and raise your hand. Once I see your hand, I'll invite you to put it down. We're not going to embarrass you. But also, if you're watching online, go ahead and lift your hand. I can't see it, but most importantly, God will see it. Is there anybody here this morning you've never been born again? All right, I'm going to give another invitation. We, again, we're talking about conscience, learning to listen to our conscience. You know, your, your heart will talk to you if you're not in fellowship with God, where you're not living for God. You know, uh, the pleasure of sin may be pleasant for a season, but deep on the inside, when you're quiet, your heart will talk to you and say, there's a long you, there's a knowing that I need to come back to God. That's your heart. That's the real you. The real you wants to serve God, wants to go 100% for God. But very possibly your mind, the flesh, and the influence of other people have gotten in the way. But it's the most important thing that you obey your heart. And so if you're here and you're what we call backslidden, or the Bible calls a prodigal son or daughter, and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, go ahead and raise your hand. I see that hand. God bless you. You can put it down. Again, we're not going to embarrass anybody. This is between you and God. You and God. For those of you watching online, go ahead and raise your hand. I can't see it, but God can. Now, we had a hand raised here. And how many know that every single person is important? That this is so important that people are right with God. So we're, we're going to uh, lead you into a very simple but scriptural prayer. Those of you that raised your hand or should have raised your hand, whether you're present here or watching online, go ahead and pray this. Let your heart agree with it. And you will be born again. Your sins will be forgiven. You'll get a fresh start with God. So say this, let's pray this with those that raise their hand. Dear God, I believe that Jesus is your son. He died for me and rose again from the dead so I could be saved. This morning, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, know this, that God has heard your prayer. The Bible says, all they that come to me, no matter what they've done, where they've been, I'll no wise cast out. And know God has heard your prayer. And if you prayed that prayer online, go ahead and contact us. There's an email. Let us know, uh, either Facebook or whatever, uh, that, that you prayed this prayer with us. We want to help you get started in your new walk with God. Amen. Well, were you helped this morning? Yes, following our spirit. Hey, uh, we're, we're going to close in a moment. We we'll always like to close the service in a time of worship and just kind of praising God for what we've heard. But if you're here and you have a prayer need, you want hands laid on you, you're sick, or you like my wife or I to pray with you, during the song, go ahead and come forward, and we'll be glad to minister uh, to you. Then at the end of the song, we'll dismiss, and we have some tremendous, wonderful, yummy, and a lot of other adjectives about the food downstairs, your own bite, especially if you're visiting, come and join us. It's, you just go right through those doors and head to your left as you're heading down, and there's a, a beautiful fellowship room. You would be our special guest. And we invoke right now a blessing on the food, on the fellowship, in Jesus' name. Go ahead, worship team.